Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I really am. You're, you're just over there having a party of one. But I really, really hope if you're listening to this that uh, and you're listening on to a podcast format, just just go over to YouTube. If, you, if you're not usually a YouTube person, I understand. But go over to YouTube. Watch the intro real quick, because um, I really don't think you fully understand what just happened. If you just listen to what Michael was doing. Oh. But man, uh, Michael, I'm, you seem upset. Destin, Destin. Oh, today was such a rough day, man. Today was such a rough day. I had to wake up at 7.30 in the morning. I mean, it was just rough all the way around. Uh, (laughs) Today was a great day. It made my week, okay? Possibly my month made my month, okay? You know, this is my first full month at my new job. And, you know, when you're 
working in apartments and you get an update and you start yelling at the, you know, at, at the loudest that your voice can go and you're yelling, you're hyped. And then your boss calls you and says, hey, are you being too loud in, in, in that apartment? Because we just got a complaint on you. Oh, man, my bad. You know, you can't get in trouble at work too many times. But today is a really good day. It's a really good day, Destin. You know why. I'm not upset at all. Um, not at all. I think. Sure. <laughs> are, you sure are, you, are you sure? I mean, yes. I, I didn't understand. I didn't get that from um, what we just what we just watched. From what we just watched, huh? So, so you think that I am possibly? Well, well what would you grade? How how would you grade my anger from a one to ten? How would you grade it? Um, I mean, usually you, I, I've seen you pretty angry. I, I, I'd say right now you're pretty ecstatic. Um, if, you, if you don't follow Michael on Twitter, you may be a little bit confused um, why he is so ecstatic right now. But um, Michael Pivia is not a part of the Eberflus fan club. Um, I don't know. Um, he never got the invite. He never, he never hit join. He never joined the Matt Eberflus fan club. And I, I'm going to go ahead and talk first because I'm sure he has a lot to say about it. But if you're, well, if first, you're jumping before, in, before you're jumping you do in, that, before you do that, I actually forgot our intro, guys. Welcome to the Blue Stable podcast. I am your host, Michael Pivia, over here looking dashing and everything. Got to show off the, the Colts, the Colts. Oh, man, I'm not even showing it. There you go. There you go. Uh, feeling wonderful. If y'all are watching on YouTube, make sure you get a drink. Party with us. It's a good time. We're having a good one tonight on Thursday. It's a good day to be alive. It's a good day to be a Colts fan. Defense is coming back to Indy. All right. Now, Destin, I will give you the floor. Yeah, I, I'm definitely going to be way more neutral um, on this than probably you're going to hear from Michael. Michael's pretty happy. I understand. Um, I think there's parts of me that is for sure. Um, but I am also super excited um, for Matt Eberflus. I think he's earned it. I think he has earned the right to do so and get this promotion to head coach. He's had multiple opportunities over the last three years. And honestly, I just think when it comes down to it, this is really a win-win situation for both parties um, because I really think the Colts defense can use a little bit of a scheme tampering a little bit. And I really think his system can work. I just didn't think – we had the personnel to optimize it. And I think Chicago is a, is a good place for him. I really do. I think they have the pass rush that Eberflus needs to be successful. I'm really interested to see what they, what he does building a staff wise. We haven't been able to see that. Um, he, he, he's had pretty much full control of hiring the defensive side staff. And it feels like a lot of those guys have gotten some opportunities elsewhere or promotions from within. So we'll, we'll see. Um, what what he's like building the staff but if you're a Chicago Bear fan listening um, from my point of view um, I think you're getting a good head coach I really do I think he's a guy that if he can make sure these offensive hires work um, he can work in Chicago now that we'll see what he can do there um, but there's also a part of me that is excited for this Colts team because I really do think a change was needed Destin before I get into my thoughts real quick I, I gotta ask you what did you have for dinner tonight um, tonight for dinner, I had chili cheese, hot dogs, mac and cheese, and French fries. 
mac and cheese and french fries you know what i took the liberty and i usually don't do this i usually don't eat steak till like the weekend but i thought today was a special occasion you know i got home got, got home from work and thought i should make a, a, a dinner of champions you know a dinner for men champions who have gone through a lot that came out on the other end with the victory had me some steak some garlic parmesan green beans with the, with the drink of course it was beautiful. It was delicious. And I am here to give y'all the delicious takes of this new era of defense coming in to Indianapolis. So, guys, getting into the little serious talk here now that I'm kind of, you know, wearing down a little bit on the excitement, trying to take this robe off, you know, over here trying to freaking tighten it too, tighten it too dang um, hard. But, guys, legitimately, okay, Matt Eberflus is heading to Chicago. This show we're going to talk about him. We're going to talk about Brian Baker. We're going to talk about potential candidates that could be coming to Indianapolis as well. So getting into my thoughts about Matt Eberflus, okay? Where do I even start? This isn't going to be one of those where I tear him down. This is, I mean, I think I've done two years worth of that. This one, it's not going to be that. First off, I do want to thank Matt Eberflus for even being in Indianapolis, okay? If you want to be in Indianapolis, you want to represent the horseshoe, I'll thank anyone for that. Antonio Brown could come to Indianapolis, and I could possibly thank him. It's just when someone wants to wear your uniform, your logo, it means something. Going to Chicago, happy for him, okay? It, it's, you know, there was that tweet that went out. I can't recall who, who sent it, Destin, but this is a weird stat. Matt Eberflus is the first coach of a defensive coordinator status to lose to the worst team in football in week 18 and then get a head coaching job two weeks later. People come up with these interesting stats now, okay? But for Indianapolis, where did it go bad? What worked out? I don't think Matt Eberflus is a bad coach. I wouldn't go that far. But in Indianapolis, with the personnel that we have, I just thought he tried to tried to be a little bit too smart. There wasn't enough, you know, what, what, what am I trying to say? There wasn't, there wasn't enough, you know, there just wasn't enough. What, what being really bad in third down conversions allowed, being bad in fourth quarter points and yards allowed, getting 30 points put up, put up on you by, by Josh Johnson of all people, going down to Jacksonville and getting embarrassed by Trevor Lawrence, who was the most pathetic quarterback in the NFL this year, worse than Justin Fields, who had a bad year, worse than Zach Wilson, who had a bad year. I mean, it was just inexcusable. The, the, the lack of developing a pass rush was just inexcusable. Too much four years of consistent mediocrity on defense. There is something to be said about finishing top 10. There is something to be said about turnovers. He finished number two in the league. Four years running, he finished top 10 somewhere in this defensive category. My opinion, having an easy schedule, you know, majority of these last four years had a lot to do with that. Playing in the AFC South had a lot to do with that. But it is still hard to go top 10. So I will give him that credit. But it's those money, it, it's the money that I thought that he just failed at third down conversions allowed, not getting off the field 
too many points and yards given up in the fourth quarter. You're not going anywhere when you do that. And I mean, these were my expectations going in. It didn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me now. Now, talking about him as a head coach, Destin, there's always those conversations, those sayings about these guys work out better as coordinators than head coaches, or these guys possibly work out better as head coaches than coordinators. We saw it with Chuck Pagano when he was here. Being at Baltimore, I mean, such a great defensive coordinator. We all know the defenses he had with Ed Reed, with Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs. Comes to Indy and really just lacks the qualities a head coach should have, in my opinion. Yes, Chuck Strong, everything happened, but he ultimately fell short, got back into a defensive coordinator's role, and lit it up, lit the league up. For Eberflus, as a head coach, I think he has the qualities to be a successful head coach because a head coach and a defensive coordinator, it's two completely different things, two completely different responsibilities. I think the qualities he has as a head coach, relationships with his players, relationship builder, he's always communicating at a high level. He's easily approachable. I think he's a motivator. I think he's a good teacher. I think those tools could help him in Chicago. Okay. Where could they get better at? I mean, having a pass rush already helps him out, but other than Jalen Johnson in that secondary, I think it's pretty bad. Wouldn't you agree, Destin? I mean, just, just touching a little bit back to um, some people work better as a coordinator. Some people work better in the head coaching role. Um, I think a part of it um, just comes down to what responsibilities you're taking on as a head coach, um, what you're going to pass down. There's offensive-minded head coaches in the NFL that allow p- play calling and things to be done by coordinators. Um, there's defensive-minded head coaches that allow the play calling to be done by coordinators. Um, it just kind of really depends on what you take on, um, what you're able to do. Um, if I had to guess, I think Iberflus is going to call plays um, for Chicago. I think that's something he really takes a lot of pride in. That's something he hangs his hat on a little bit. Um, so I think whoever is coming in at defensive coordinator is going to be more of the maybe the vocal leader um, in the meetings and just being able to help his staff um, be ready for game day and things like that. If I had to guess, defensive coordinator-wise. Um, so I, I really do think Iberflus is a guy, like you said, I think he's someone that could be a better head coach than he is a defensive coordinator. I really do. I truly believe that. Now, I guess the thing that I also want to note is if I was Chicago, was Eberflus the guy I would have hired? I still think I would have went heavily into a Brian Dabble um, from Buffalo type of offensive mind personally. Um, But I was curious if you would have been Chicago of the guys that are on the that are in the market that are options for this head coaching cycle, who would you have went with? Okay. Honestly, I did not expect Matt Eberflus to get this job, especially when Jim Caldwell's name came up. I thought honestly, he was going to get the job. I I really did. And then it came out that Dan Quinn was either flirting with Denver or Chicago ultimately went back to Dallas. But if I didn't think Eberflus would have been the guy. I thought it was going to be Jim Caldwell all the way. He's a good offensive mind. He's a good teacher. He's demanding. And I think he's just a good man. Uh, We saw him here in Indianapolis. We saw him in Detroit. In my opinion, he was unfairly fired from both spots, including Indianapolis. I mean, he took a team to a Super Bowl, 14-2 and record, 
10 and six next year. Peyton Manning is hurt and he's he, he's fired. Why takes the Lions to the playoffs? He's fired. Why? I have no idea. I thought Jim Caldwell was just the perfect. I mean, just being in the NFC North, it felt like like it, it was perfect for him. You know what I mean? Especially with the young quarterback like Justin Fields. Yeah, I, I I think even Bears fans were really expecting expecting an offensive hire just because that's how you pair with young quarterbacks. It's usually the route people go. There are some defensive head coaches that have had success with young quarterbacks. Um, so I mean, I'm not saying it can't work. Um, I'm just saying that I was shocked to see so many defensive minded head coaches end up on their finalists. Um, Dan Quinn was a finalist. We saw Leslie Frazier getting interviews near the finalist list. Um, Eberflus was a finalist. Just multiple guys here that were defensive-minded. Jim Caldwell was the only real offensive-minded guy that I saw as a finalist. I don't know if you saw any others, because I don't think Brian Dabble was a finalist in Chicago. He's a finalist in Miami. He's a finalist in New York. But I, I didn't see him get a second interview with Chicago. Brian Dabble's interesting. I probably wouldn't go with him personally, but... Jim Caldwell, uh, we, we all know about Eric B. Enemy, and he keeps delaying interviews and telling teams to wait until after the playoffs, and that's just not realistic in the NFL. Teams are not trying to wait. They're trying to get the ball moving. Uh, I just – I don't know. Me personally, Brian Dabble, kind of not my cup of tea personally. I mean – I think the big thing that's coming from him is he works the closest with Josh Allen – um, from the offensive state of it standpoint, mm-hmm. because I mean, Sean McDermott is another guy who's a defensive head, defensive minded head coach and is over the bills. They drafted Josh Allen. It's worked out. So that, there's a defensive minded guy, but they have a guy in Brian Dabble who's worked with Josh Allen, who had a pretty rough first year, showed some flashes, but really struggled with accuracy, mm-hmm. um, really struggled with pocket presence. Yeah. And in year two, made a jump, solid jump to look like, hey, this guy could be something. And then this third year made another jump where he, this guy is in the conversation now where you almost have to put him in the top three or four quarterbacks in the NFL. So now Brian Dabble's name is going to get a lot of credit for that because, again, with Sean McDermott being the head coach that's defensive-minded, the offensive coordinator is going to get a lot of that love. Um, for Josh Allen and his ability to progress and his ability to improve from that rookie season. And I think we saw Justin Fields have a really struggle, really struggle as a rookie. So I think that relationship, you could jump into it and you can really hope Dabble can do it again in a sense is why I think that could work. Now the other jobs that he's connected to with the giants and the dolphins, um, the dolphins is probably the one he probably ends up getting um, just because he has a relationship with Tua previously from his time at Alabama and things like that. Um, But I mean, he is getting love from other places that have young quarterbacks. So that's, I think if I was Chicago, that's just would have been who my top guy was, but they obviously really wanted to center in on a defensive minded guy from their list of candidates. Like that's what they wanted to do. So that's where they went and Eberflus got the job. Chicago fired Ryan and Matt just to go and hire Ryan and Matt. I, I will say that they got to be different. Like, like when you listen to Matt Nagy talk and the Matt Eberflus, like we we've had times where we've been able to like be in pressers with Matt Eberflus and ask him yeah. questions 
very different individuals. Very, <laughs> yeah. very different. Matt Nagy was a guy who kind of beat around the bush on everything he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was talking, when he was answering questions, just he was just very didn't want to give you solid answers. Um, from my experience with Matt Eberflus, from personally asking him questions in press conferences, he's a guy that's going to give you answers. He's you if you ask if you take the time to ask him a question, he's going to give you his honest answer back. So I think that's the first thing that you're going to get very different. He's a very different person um, when it comes to those two people. Um, now, I mean Ryan Pace and Ryan Pullman, it's hard. Uh, we, we don't really see what Pohl was able to do um, per him personally in Kansas city, you know? Um, I mean, he obviously worked with some of the scouting over there. So the draft is really one of those parts that they're going to look at. Yeah. So then the other one looking at, I guess, is that, that's what Ryan Pace's good. His uh, strength was, was they considered him a really solid drafter. He really did have some solid drafts obviously the Trubisky over Mahomes stuff but a lot of teams had Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson that year on their quarterback rankings people don't want to say it people don't talk about it it sucks for the Bears it does when you look at who they drafted over certain prospects but a lot of guys did have it over them it's now it's just thinking can he be better I hope so I hope so yeah I I definitely hope the best for this guy as well I mean I'm not gonna you know, talk anything other, anything else about him. Uh, I, I definitely think he's a great man. And like you said, you know, I've sat in on those press conferences with him, uh, you know, even after the draft last year and, you know, asked him questions about the young guys and everything. He's a guy that's open to questions and he will answer questions like you said. So Matt Eberflus, congratulations on your new head coaching, uh, head coaching gig. You know, uh, you and I did have a few words together in that press conference, but just understand it's all love maybe a little bit um it, it's all love i'm happy for you miss kelly eberflus your daughters chicago's gonna fit y'all well hope nothing but the best and man the right tree just keeps on growing man it just keeps on growing another coaching change as was reported now this is going to lead into like a couple of assistants really brian baker the defensive line coach will not return next season for the Indianapolis Colts. He has been let go by Frank Reich and Chris Ballard. So there's starting to be spots that come up. And just speaking on Brian Baker for, for a little bit, I didn't like any of his coaching. I did it. I did it. From everything I saw from Buckner to the eighth or ninth guy, uh, Banigou, I mean, I, I didn't see anything new. Toure, I didn't see anything new. I, all he had was a speed rush. Once that didn't work, Boy, it was hell or high water for him. Like, he was lost. Quiddy Pay saw some good flashes. Dio saw some good flashes, but I didn't just see too much development going on at that position. Grover Stewart, Grover Stewart is who he is. Why is he not developing more? He is who he is because of Brian Baker. You get other guys, and you're not developing them. I'm glad this happened, personally. I just don't think he was cut out for it at all. And normally you don't really see Reich do this too much. I think the other guy he let go and it was the only one was uh, Dave, Dave Googe. I don't know how to spell, say his last name, but he was the offensive line coach in 2018. He was let go. And now Brian Baker is let go. Now what comes with assistance? You may ask guys assistance that could possibly go with Matt Eberflus. 
Right now, it's being reported that maybe it's linebacker coach Dave Braganzi. They have history together when they were back in Dallas. This one will probably hurt. It's n- Nothing's official yet from, from everything, from my understanding, from Destin's understanding. Nothing's official yet. But if Braganzi was to leave, man, oh, man, that, 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 would, that would hurt a little bit because you see the growth that Darius Leonard has made. You see the growth that Bobby Okariki has made. You've seen the growth Zaire Franklin and EJ Speed has made. And I've praised Dave Braganzi a lot for that growth. And then Allen Williams, will he be taken to Chicago for, for the D.C. spot? Who knows? He's, he's had a hand in developing Julian Blackman and Kari Willis. James Rowe, he wasn't really hired by Flues. He was hired, hired by the Colts themselves. So it still remains to be seen. Will he... Will he leave? I think Destin, I think you and I would agree. That's the number one guy from the staff that I want to hold on to. He was instrumental with Kenny Moore being a pro bowler. Rocky Sin emerging as a possible number one. Isaiah Rogers emerging. It, the, the whole nine yards. It's still a fluid situation as we speak. But Destin, speaking on Baker and the other assistants, where it went wrong for Baker, and really, who would you possibly prefer Eberflus take from this current staff? Oh, that's a, that's a tough question. I mean, I, I, I think we agree with the James Rowe comment. Um, he's somebody that I definitely really hope the Colts are able to hone in on and keep him in Indianapolis. Um, I just think he, we saw so many guys, especially rock who struggled early in his career, just have a resurgence, just a full 180 type switch where rock wasn't just, didn't just take a step. He was the best corner on this team this year. And I just don't want to interfere with the progress he made. Um, Find a way to keep James Rowe. Um, His name hasn't been reported yet as a guy that is being considered to leave to Chicago. Um, But you got to do what you have to do to keep him. Now, the two that are most likely you mentioned, um, Alan Williams and Dave Berganzi, it's a tough one between of which I feel like if he takes Berganzi to be the defensive coordinator, you're keeping Allen Williams for sure. Um, so it just kind of makes it to where you're only losing one guy. Now, I think if he takes Allen Williams to be his defensive coordinator, there's still a chance that Borgonzi leaves to be like the linebackers coach as well as the run game coordinator. Um, j- just to give him a slight upgrade, a slight pay raise to get him to leave as well, because I think he's more likely to leave for a non-defensive coordinator job, if that makes sense. So I guess if I had to choose one, I would choose that he takes Borgonzi um, just because I think it's a better chance that if he goes, we don't lose both, if that makes sense. But if you were just to offer me both, like which one would you rather stay next year? I would rather have Borgonzi stay um, just because of the work he does with the linebackers and it just feels like every year guys improve every year. It's just not an issue on this roster. It's the strength. Um, so keeping him would be huge. Um, but hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. He's going to end up with at least one. Um, there could be more qu- people, position groups going over Chicago. This happens yeah. every year. We saw Sirianni take a handful. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Sirianni did take quite a few handfuls. And when it comes to possible replacements at the defensive coordinator spot, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of mentions. And from what we know, this is going to be a full on search by the Indianapolis Colts. They are going to take their time. They're going to conduct interviews. They are going to go through the whole nine yards. 
And I'm pretty sure I have no doubt that Frank Reich is going to sit in on those interviews because remember, Matt Eberflus was not his guy. Frank Reich did right by him and said, you know what? Put in a tough spot, but hey, man, I believe in you and I believe in your philosophy. Let's roll with it. Now Frank Reich gets to choose who he wants. And when speaking about replacements, I mentioned this a few shows back. You want a guy that matches your head coach. Frank Reich is aggressive. He steps on the throat. He goes for it on every fourth down, fourth and one, fourth and two, and never questions it or never looks back. Never looks to Rigoberto Sanchez. Never looks to Bubba Ventrone. Always looking at that play sheet and telling Carson, Jacoby, or whoever quarterback was here to go for it. He's aggressive. I think you need to find a defensive coordinator just like that. Just like that. My number one guy who is just like that is Chris Richard. Chris Richard has been to Seattle. He's been to Dallas. He's been to New Orleans. Three teams when he was there had top-notch defenses, shut-down defenses, turnover-forcing, punt-forcing defenses. Of course, we all know about the work he did with the Legion of Boom as the coach, the corners, and, and safeties. We know about that. Dallas, he gets there. He's the pass game coordinator, and they have a whole resurgence on defense. Now goes to New Orleans. Look at how stout that defense was. Look at the secondary. Look at the secondary, how talented in the performance they put on this year. Chris Richard is my number one guy. When I think about a defense coordinator to pair with Reich and our defensive players, Chris Richard fits, to, to me, checks every box. Now, I don't know what Chris Ballard's uh, preferences are, what his requirements are if he checks those boxes. I don't know that. Right now, Chris Richard is my number one guy. And Destin and I are going to give our top three. When I'm, and I'm already on number one, Chris Richard is my number one guy. John Butler from Buffalo is my number two. And then I'll say Jim Schwartz is going to be my number three. He's, he'll be my number three because they have, he has familiarity with Frank Reich when they were in Philadelphia and they won the Super Bowl together. Jim Schwartz always, always performs. Those, those Detroit Lion defenses, even when he was the head coach there, they were a little bit tough. Destin, let me pass the floor to you. Oh, I, I've thought about this a few. I thought about this a lot. I've scrolled through possible guys that fit the four three style, but also are going to add a little bit more of that aggression that I want. Um, you 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 made a really good statement where when you have a guy like Frank Reich, who is just one of, if not the most aggressive offensive minds in the NFL. Um, fourth and short, I'm going for it. I, I believe in my guys. I'm going to do what I have to do. Very few times did I have a time this year where I saw Frank Craig go, not go for it when I wanted him to. Mm-hmm. Just didn't didn't happen often. And I want that with my defensive coach, man. I want somebody who's going to take this unit and he's going to add some aggression to him um, to be able to match that offense to just make this team someone from both sides of the ball. You have the possibility of getting punched in the mouth. I feel like the Colts defense isn't, wasn't a defense that punched you in the mouth. It was more of a defense that just really deflected your blows a lot and sometimes when the big blow would come in and they couldn't stop it it happened sometimes but they really tried hard to just not get knocked out if you know what i mean if we're talking about like boxers 
So I guess my number one guy just hit the market and was let go by his team, but as an uber aggressive guy, I think he'd fit out fit well is Wink Martindale, former Ravens defensive coordinator, uber aggressive type defensive coordinator. Um, some might say too aggressive, but I would rather lose being too aggressive than lose with this passive style that we've kind of seen over the last couple of years. Yes. So, I mean, Wink Martindale is a guy that I think is probably one of the more aggressive defensive coordinators. If, you, if you've watched the Ravens the past few years, they blitz a lot. Um, they put their corners in position to succeed. I, I really like that Raven style defense. That's a guy that I would really prioritize for me. Second guy, I mean, you mentioned him was Chris Richard um, from, from Seattle and then Dallas, um, just speaking of where he's been. I have always been somebody, I mean, I believe he's now with the Saints. Is that correct? So Seahawks. Um, to Cowboys now with the, now with New Orleans. Yes, he, he's a guy who's just like a leader of men. You know, like he's a guy that when he talks, everyone sits down. You can hear a pencil hit the ground, kind of guy. Um, and I think that kind of personality could be huge for this defense. I still think if you bring a guy like Chris Richard in, you're still going to have to knock that defensive line coach out of the water. Um, just because that's not really his specialty and that's something that really has to improve. But his personality is something I think could be affectious on this defense. Um, third, for me, um, there's a lot of other guys out there that people that we're not going to say. Um, so some honorable mentions before I say my third. Um, Mike Zimmer is a guy who just got fired in Minnesota. I wasn't a big fan of how the defense kind of regressed in his time there. Um, but he's a guy who I think people could see um, coming, getting a defensive coordinator job. Um, the best internal option, Alan Williams, Colt safety coach, um, who also could be heading to Chicago to be the defensive coordinator. We'll, we'll, time will tell. But my third person is I'm going to say Lovey Smith. Uh, Lovey Smith is a guy who I think kind of, mastered the cover two before a lot of people in the NFL. Um, so if they had to go cover two, I think Lovey Smith's a guy um, you could take. Uh, he had Houston playing with fire um, this past year as well. Um, I, I think he's a guy that would add a little bit more aggression, um, but he was also somebody that knows that cover two type defense better than anybody. So if they really did want to go close to home, but just add more aggression, I think Lovey Smith would be a good hire. Destin coming out of left field with Lovey Smith, man. You know, I actually kind of forgot all about Lovey Smith, and then I remembered, hey, he's over here at Syracuse, and, you know, I think there was a guy coming out. What was his name? Uh, Andre Sisco. He was coming out of Syracuse. He was a guy that I really liked, and it hit me. I'm like, whoa, Lovey Smith is the coach there. Whoa, when did this happen? And then, obviously, he was with Houston. I mean – Lovey Smith, I can get behind that because, of course, you know, the Chicago Bears days, the, the Tampa 2 and everything, he mastered that. But my question is, he mastered it. Did, didn't he have a pass rush? Didn't he have all that? I mean, we're basically relying on the same thing. Now, of course, I'll have to go back, and I'll admit this publicly. I don't know too much on Lovey Smith and his approach to the Tampa 2. So I'll have to go and do more homework on that and come back more educated next week. Cause I really didn't even expect the Lovey Smith uh, choice, Destin, but 
and you and you mentioned when Martindale. Three four. Are we a three four personnel? I, I don't know if Darius and Bobby are fit for beefy linebacker play in the three four because that's really what you got to be when playing in a three four. You got to play up close, defend the run. You are the run defense. The two I outside. Guess, I guess my thing is. Up. I guess my thing is. I really think from watching Baltimore. They even at times mid-game would kind of switch the scheme up where they would throw guys on the line of scrimmage that were a little smaller than the defensive end. Um, so I kind of think that you could possibly get a Wink Martindale to come in and even still coach the 4-3 scheme and just adding in a lot more of his mentality to it um, is something that I think you could see happen. Um, but, hey, maybe if he doesn't get into coordinator spot, we can try to steal him to be some like senior defensive assistant or something. Um, kind of like what we saw Jim Schwartz do with Tennessee this past year, which is someone you said that I would also be really down for is just because he's worked with Frank before, obviously at Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl, and just kind of wherever he goes, they have that pass rush. I mean, he, he goes to Tennessee this year, not in a positional group um, role or a defensive coordinator role, um, but he's there, and Tennessee's defensive line has a crazy resurgence. They went out and added names, obviously. Um, but, I mean, Harold Landry had his best year last year. And you could give the credit to anybody you want, but, I mean, first year Jim Schwartz is on the roster and Harold Landry just blasts onto the scene. I'm just saying. There you go. Hey, and when it comes to Lovey Smith, man, look, I could I could realistic, realistically see it because his days back in Chicago, Chris Ballard was there. There's the connection. That's all you need to know. So honestly, if I was to do predictions, he would probably be my number two, honestly. If I had to do predictions, but my preference right now, my number three guys, Chris Richard, that's far and away my number one. John Butler and Jim Schwartz. That's where I think those are three really good candidates right there. And I think what Destin listed are good too. Now, when it comes to switching to the three, four or so, that that'll remain to be seen. And like Dustin said, you know, uh, man, guys, it is a new day in Colts football. That's all. That, that's all I got to say. guys. It is a new day in Colts football. This was an emergency podcast. We had to put one out. All right. We had to give it to you guys. We have to talk about what is going on. It is a new day. It is a new day in the Colts defensive room. There is no more sit back and let them punch you in the face. There is no more sit back and let them come at you. No. Moving forward, hopefully, dear God, moving forward, it is going to be about you go punch them in the face. You go at them. You run at them. Once again, Matt Eberflus, it's all love. Thank you for your time. Best of luck in Chicago. But please, get out of here. Destin, more updates are going to come as the week goes on. Now, again, if I, me personally, I don't expect a defensive coordinator to be named tomorrow, listening to this Friday or over the weekend or possibly even next week. I wouldn't expect it at all if the Colts are truly doing a full-on search, candidate interviews, the whole, the whole gig, all right? So, Destin, before we get out of here, man, did you have anything else you wanted to discuss? No, I mean, I just wanted to re restate again. Um, super excited for Matt Eberflus. I think he earned this spot, the year in this position. Um, Chicago fans, if you're really interested in hearing more about it, um, hit one of us up. I'm sure we'd talk more in depth about what we saw from the Colts defense over the last few years under Matt Eberflus. But, I mean, hey, 
no more ifs, no man, no more what if Matty Rufus wasn't here, what would the Colts do? We're about to find out. We're about to find out what Chris Ballard, what Frank Reich. Frank Reich's never hired a defensive coordinator, people. Here, here, here it comes. First hire. And me personally, I want Frank Reich to make the hire. I, I want Chris Ballard to just advise. I want Frank Reich to choose his guy. I think he will. I, I, I really, really think he'll that. get that chance. I think he'll get the chance to. He he didn't get to last time, obviously. Yeah. Which was a testament to the guy Frank Reich is. And a yes. lot of guys coming in would want to hire their own. Um, Eberflus came, accepted the job even after the McDaniel situation, and Frank Reich kept him on. Um, multiple other guys that are on the the staff are like that as well. Um, but Eberflus was one of the higher caliber guys that was getting brought in with McDaniel's. Stayed throughout. I mean, it's 2022. And he, he's been here since. That's impressive. Testament to him. Testament to them. Testament to how crappy McDaniels is. We don't have to get into that on this podcast. Right. <laughs> Guys, before we get out of here, we did not have our other brother on here, Rashad McGinnis, with us, guys. But he did give us a little quote that I do want to read to you about what he thinks about Matt Eberflus leaving Indianapolis. And I quote from Rashad. Uh, you know, I always thought Flus was solid, just not aggressive enough for me. Uh, to, to me, when, when, when you're a head coach and a play caller, it's all about aggressiveness. Then your DC needs to be, needs to have a similar mindset. And, and the conservative, conservative zone scheme was really safe, not bad, just not the right fit, in my opinion. Love what he did as far as first and turn forcing turnovers and maximizing the talent he did have, but think the defense got stale and can benefit from a fresh start. That was Rashad McGinnis, ladies and gentlemen. Rashad, it's all love, man. You know, I'm just messing with you. Rashad will be at the senior bowl next week. Make sure you stay in tune with the coverage. He will be providing for the blue stable once again guys if you do want to read a little bit more about candidates available down in the description below will be an article written by our own writers zach and mason about candidates internal and external candidates that could possibly come in as the new defensive coordinator guys he is destin adams i am michael pivia thank you for listening to this episode of the blue stable podcast if you haven't already hit the like button subscribe leave a comment down below tell us what you think about a new era in defense tell us what you think about matt eberflus why or why we shouldn't have lost him why it's bad why it's good let us know down in the comments below guys have a good night stay safe go colts Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park
Welcome to Prime Video's culture-rated collection. This is the place where Black is the main character, where we don't jump through hoops just to hear our voice and can fall in love with illuminating documentaries like Giannis' The Marvelous Journey. I'm just a hard worker that's trying to survive. Enjoy the animated series, The Second Best Hospital in the Galaxy. All doctors report immediately! Where we dive into something new like the latest season of Them, The Scare, and the award-winning American fiction. Welcome home, baby! Or add to the experience by buying or renting the biopic of a legend, Bob Marley, One Love. I want my music to unify people. And add on channels like Paramount Plus and Stars to bask in nostalgia with Beverly Hills Cop. This is the cleanest police car I've ever been in in my life. And BMF. You're about to take over the whole nation. Explore Prime Video's culture-rated collection and enjoy old-school greats and new-school hits. Prime Video. Find your happy place. Restrictions apply. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details.